Greetings and welcome to the Mount Calvary Nation podcast hosted by Mount Calvary Baptist Church in Dayton, Ohio, where our pastor is the Reverend S.N. Winston Jr. We thank you for joining us and hope that this episode blesses you. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Praise the Lord, Mount Calvary. Let everything that hath breath praise you, the Lord. Come on and send it to our feet. And let's get go. Let, let's get started. Let's get started giving God what is due His name. Come on, let's open up our mouths. We know what we came to do. Let's come on, open up our mouths and lift up our hands and tell Him thank you. Thank you for making letting us make it to see another week, let us see another Sunday. Thank you for keeping our minds. Thank you, Lord, for keeping us. It could have been a different way, but He didn't see fit to let any of these things be. But every day by his power, he's kept us. He's kept us. Open up your mouth and begin to give God praise. Just for that. Open up your mouth and begin to give God praise. He's worthy to be praised. Yes, he is. Open up your mouth and give him glory today. He's worthy today. Clap your hands, all ye people. Clap your hands, all ye people. Clap your hands, all ye people. Come on, clap your hands, all ye people. Clap your hands, all ye people. One more time, clap your hands, all ye people. This time, shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. Shout out to God behind your mask. Shout out to God with a voice of triumph. You made it to see another week. That means you have a voice of triumph. You made it over. Open up your mouth and, and shout out to God with the voice of triumph. He's worthy as he is. And he reigns and he rules. And the Bible says, for unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And the government shall, shall sit upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He reigns and he rules. He has the government on his shoulders. The, one of the most powerful things, so-called powerful things in the world, in the nation, on his shoulders. He runs it all. He reigns and he rules. He's the King of Kings. He's the Lord of Lords. That's enough to give him praise. Uh, that's enough to give him praise right there. He's the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, King of all kings. And Lord of all lords, come on, open up your mouth to give him glory just for that. Hallelujah! 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 Lord, we thank you for what you're going to do in this service, God. Come in and flip this place all the way around and have your way. Have fun having your way, oh God. We welcome you in this place today, Heavenly Father. We welcome you with open arms. God, we need a fresh touch from you. We need your spirit. We need your word. We need you, a, a, a touch from you. She touched the hem of your garment and everything was, was made whole. Lord, we want to be made whole on today, Heavenly Father. So Lord, come into this place and have your way, dear Holy Father. That's all we ask is for you to have your way in this place, in this service. In your son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. amen. In his son Jesus' name, we pray. Amen. amen. Hallelujah. He reigns and he rules. He reigns and he rules. Hallelujah. Yeah. 
Say, our God reigns. Our God reigns. My God reigns. My God reigns. Lord, you reign. Reign above every name. Say, my God reigns. My God reigns. Our God reigns. Our God reigns. Lord, you reign. Above every name. With power and majesty. With power and majesty. Dominion, authority. You reign. Yes, you do, Lord. Yes, you do, Lord. Power and majesty. With power and majesty. Dominion, authority. You reign. Take it up. Say my God reigns. My God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. Oh God reigns. Our God reigns. My God reigns. My God reigns. Lord, you reign above every name. With power and majesty. With power and majesty. Dominion. You reign. You reign. Yes, you do, Lord. And you look real low. You reign. 
And your train fills the temple, your train fills the temple, your train fills the temple. Say, you reign. Yes, you do. You reign. Yes, you do. You, you reign. We cry holy. We cry holy. We cry holy. You we cry holy. You yes, you reign. In the government of shield upon your shoulders, you reign. And we thank you, Jesus, for taking care of us. We appreciate your awesomeness, Jesus. You reign. Yes, you reign. Yes, you reign. Yes, you reign. One more time, say. Everybody say, you reign. Yes, you reign. Yes, you reign. Right here, open up your mouth and give God glory. Because he reigns. Take some time out to give God glory. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. That's what we do. Hallelujah to the Lord of Lords. Lord, you're holy. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're wonderful. Lord, we love you. Lord, we appreciate you. Lord, we thank you. Lord, you're awesome. Lord, you're healer. You're so mighty. You're so awesome. And we love you. And we call you holy. We call you faithful. We call you just because you reign and rule. Say, say you reign. Yes, you do, Lord. Say, yes, you do. And we give you glory, Lord. Yes, you reign. Yes, you reign. You reign. Hey. Say, you reign. Yes, you reign. You still. in control. He's a sovereign God. He's in control. He's a sovereign God and he's in control. We don't have control because he reigns. The government shall sit upon his shoulders and we shall call him wonderful counselor, mighty God, prince of peace, everlasting father. He will never change. If you're glad that the Lord reigns, why don't you give him some kind of praise? Hallelujah to the Lamb. What a wonderful Savior we serve. You all may be seated. Grace to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you. Brother Percy, where's, where's Brother Williams? I didn't let him come and uh, wipe this off. I don't want us to get slack in what we're doing. He who? He went to find some wipes. All right. God has kept us safely through another week. He has allowed us to see the beginning of a new one. And we are grateful. There is not one single thing that we've needed this week that we had to go without. And for that, we're grateful. Is anybody in here grateful today? What a great God we serve you mean like wipes that are right here in this 
Okay, when it comes back. Here, I'll put my wife away. Yes, sir, you're good. Thank you. Well, welcome to everybody who is here in the house today. Those who have chosen uh, uh, and who feel comfortable coming in the house of worship, we are so glad that you're here. We're glad that you've chosen to worship with us. Especially welcome to those who are not a part of the Mount Calvary family. If you're here and you don't consider yourself a part of the Mount Calvary family, would you wave your hands? We want to see who you are and where you are. God bless you. Welcome to you. Come on, Mount Calvary, let's sing to them. Come on, say it. We welcome you into Mount Calvary, this house of worship. So glad you came, exalt his name, let's lift him up together. Thank God we're here from far and near, the Lord has brought us this far. And with the love of Christ we are transforming lives. That's what we're about, revealing the glory of God's kingdom. Here's how we're doing it. Through the power of Jesus you love. Through love, with diversity, with excellence, prayer and integrity, we welcome you. We welcome you. Welcome. Welcome. Certainly, I would be remiss if I didn't mention how glad we are to see Deacon McCluskey and Sister McCluskey back in the house. <laughs> Welcome back home, family. Good to see you. Uh, this past week, we as a nation uh, celebrated those who have served in our armed forces, the veterans of this country, and, uh, and I certainly want us to see if there are any veterans today, if you're here, would you stand if you're able? We want to see who you are and recognize you. Mount Calvary, let's thank God for these men and women who have served. Because freedom isn't free. And someone... So that's why, listen, that's why I'm not giving up this country... Um, Y'all can feel like you want to. I'm not giving up this country. I'm not giving up the flag. None of that. Not when, uh, not when people who got us here fought for it. <laughs> and uh, and your, your serving is not in vain. Maurice Page, where are you, sir? Is Maurice here? There he is. There's Maurice. You have a birthday today. Is that correct? How old are you? 14. Happy birthday, Maurice. And his mom uh, made sure that I know. And she said, you'd be embarrassed, but she's really proud of the fact that you brought home a report card with all A's. Nicely done. <laughs> Nicely done. Oh, step around the corner so they can, so they can see you, Maurice. 
There you go. Good. Certainly welcome to those who are joining us online uh, in the e-congregation today. Uh, not everybody feels comfortable being in the sanctuary yet, but we're glad, we're grateful for the technology that allows us to worship together virtually. We thank God for it, and we thank God for the people behind the technology who make it possible for us to be together virtually each week. Uh, family, would you all continue to pray for Brother Norwood and uh, for Sister Norwood and the entire Norwood family? Uh, Brother Norwood was moved to hospice this, uh, this past week. Um, would you please continue to pray for them and for the family? We are getting ready to go to Revelation chapter 3. That's where our study is going to be today. Uh, the choir is going to come and lead us further in worship, and then we will get into our study for the day. God bless you. Oh, wait, there's more. I didn't look in my big folder. I apologize. Uh, men, don't forget that this Saturday there is a workshop being sponsored by the men's ministry here at Mount Calvary. Uh, developing Him for Him is the theme of the workshop. Uh, this Saturday from 8.30 a.m. to 1 o'clock p.m. Uh, come on out. They... There are, um, there are workshops and word shops. Uh, there will be fellowship, education. It is free and it's open to men all over the community, not just Mount Calvary men. That's this Saturday, November 20th from 8.30 to 1 o'clock p.m. Would you also put on your calendars? It is our year to go to St. Luke. Uh, and they recently just went back into their sanctuary and they are expecting us on Thanksgiving morning. Uh, that is Thanksgiving morning at 10.30. I will be preaching. The choir will be ministering in song. Bring your mask. You won't be able to get in without one. Uh, we'll be socially distanced over in the St. Luke sanctuary on Gettysburg Avenue. Please keep Mr. and uh, Mrs. Uh, Pridgen in your prayers and Ms. Jackie Stevenson, that family. Um, Ms. Mrs. Pridgen, uh, her son Wesley passed. His funeral is going to be tomorrow at 1 o'clock at the, uh, pardon me, the family will receive friends at 1 o'clock at H.H. Roberts Funeral Home uh, and then there will be a private graveside ceremony. Uh, family will receive friends tomorrow from 1 to 2 at H.H. Roberts. Please continue to pray for them. All right. The, uh, the choir is coming now, and then we'll get into our study of the word. He's an able God, isn't he? He's an able God, isn't he? He's an able God, isn't he? <laughs> He's an able, so when I'm saying that, that means you have a testimony behind it, right? So I'm gonna cut your hands and lift up your voice and tell him thank you, thank you for being able. Thank you for being able, Lord, thank you, thank you. Mm, exceedingly abundantly above all all you could ask or think according to the power 
just what he said he would do, yeah. He's gonna fulfill every promise to you. Don't give up on God, cause he won't give up on you, say. He's able. Yeah, yeah, say he's able. He's able. Yeah. Come on, everybody, we know this song. Come on, sing with us. Yeah, say God is able to do. Everything he said in his word. Everything he promised to do. Yeah. So don't give up. Don't give in on it. He won't give up on you. He's able. Yes, he is. Yeah. Oh, say he's able. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. More time. Say God. Just what he said he would do. He's gonna fulfill. He's gonna fulfill. Yeah. So don't give up on God. Don't give up on God. Oh, he won't. Oh, he's able. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Oh, shall he? Let's do it one more time. Say God is able to do. God is able to do. Yes, he is. He can do it for you. Matter of fact, I see some people that he's done it for. That he's done it for. So together, let's decree it. Let's declare it. And make the devil mad. Because he's a liar. He's defeated. We serve the winning champion. 
Jesus, the one who rose for me, the one that died for me on Calvary. The last night hell, the last night hell, the last night hell. The story is in three days he rose again with all power, with all power. He is able. Shall he table? Shall he table? Real quick, real quick, hold on. So I'm 25 years old, but 26 and 60 days. And so I know there's some other folks in this room that is not 25 and that's been through more things than me. Amen. And they've had to stand on their faith that works in them. They had to stand on their crazy faith that works in them to believe that God's going to get them out of something, get them out of a marriage, get them out of a divorce, heal their marriage, I'm sorry, heal their marriage, get them out of a divorce, save their children, heal their bodies, heal their minds. I'm, no, I'm not the only one in this room. I, I know I'm not the only one in this room that know God is, can do it. I know I'm not the only, so what are we waiting on? Open up your mouth. You don't have to say he's able. All you got to do is say thank you. All you got to do is say thank you. Because if you had 10,000 tongues for real, for real, it wouldn't be enough to tell him thank you. Because we won't give up on you. Oh, I don't know who this is for, but don't give up on God. Because he won't give up on you one more time. Don't give up on God. Cause he won't give up on you. He's able. Yes, he is. Oh, yes, he is. You've seen him do it before. So he's going to do it again. Why? Because he's able. He's going to do it again. He's a God of doing it again. He's able. Our God is able. You all be seated just before we get to the scripture. Uh, where's Miss Tanisha? <laughs> I did not recognize you. It's, it's difficult 
I just leaned over and whispered to my wife. I had no clue who her cousin was. I didn't know who you were, Miss Kim. <laughs> Good. <laughs> and all you see is eyes. I'm putting on gloves so when I'm putting my hands on you, baby, yeah, we're in a pandemic. I got yes, Good. All right, Miss Tanisha, tell me, uh, tell me the baby's name. Bossman Levi Curry. All right. Good. Here's what the scripture says. They brought young children to him. That is Jesus that he should touch them and his disciples rebuked those that brought them but when Jesus saw it he was much displeased and said unto them suffer the little children to come unto me or allow the little children to come unto me and forbid them not for of such is the kingdom of God verily I say unto you whosoever shall not receive the kingdom of God as a little child he shall not enter therein and he took them up in his arms, put his hands upon them, and blessed them. May we pray. Dear God, we present to thee this child as a gift from this parent who in gratitude, having received him from thee, now give him back to thee. We are mindful this day that Jesus called the little ones as lambs to his fold, placed his hand of blessings on them, and blessed them. Grant that he, as he grows, he will grow in wisdom and in your favor. Preserve him when danger threatens the cessation of infancy and childhood. Undergird and strengthen him to accept you as his personal Savior. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, amen. Congregation, you are privileged to witness the coming of this mother to dedicate her child to the gracious and living care and keeping of God our Father and Christ our Savior. God grant that we who are gathered today in worship will earnestly assume with these parents the responsibility for this child's Christian training inasmuch as all of us will exercise influence upon this child in some way. If you, the members of this church and community, are willing to do so, we ask that you would pray for this child, that he might be led in his years of personal accountability to hate that which is evil and cling to that which is good. Ms. Tanisha, as you present your child for dedication to God, we ask you, are you willing to rededicate yourself to the maintenance of a Christian home where Christ will be honored and where the word of God is held in reverence so that he may on his own free choice confess his faith in our Lord Jesus Christ and accept him as his personal savior. If so, answer, I do.
because of the spiritual, the physical, and the moral responsibilities of parenthood and your dependence on God for strength and wisdom to faithfully discharge, discharge the duties of a parent, do you now present your child in dedication to God, seeking divine blessing and guidance for his life? If so, answer, I do. Good. And tell me one more time the full name of your child. Boss man, Levi Curry. Boss man, Levi Curry. Hello. <laughs> Boss man, Levi Curry, I dedicate you to God in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. amen. Let the church say amen. Having heard the vows of this mother, we, we earnestly believe that she will strive by precept and example using the many agencies of the church to train boss man Levi Curry in love toward God and in the knowledge of his son Jesus Christ. We therefore commend him to the gracious keeping of God. He will not remember this day. So as Christ's minister, I ask you to tell him early in life of the vows and prayers that were made for him this day. Let's close with prayer. Oh God, our Father, we praise and thank you for children, for their simple-mindedness, their spirit of wonder, their unexpectedness, their affection, their appreciation of beauty and the goodness of life, for the reverence of children among the roughest men and women, for the wise love of parents and for all happy and healthy homes where children grow up loving what is fair and good, we thank you, Lord. Let your blessings be upon this child and guide this mother, we pray, by your light and your truth that she may perform her duty toward this child. May she not become discouraged or careless in a task which sometimes seems too hard for her alone. Grant counsel to her as she seeks to train and teach this child in the ways of the Lord and how to be productive in life. We ask in Jesus' name, let the church say together, amen. Amen. God bless you, Ms. Tanisha. This certificate of dedication is, is to certify that boss man Levi Curry was dedicated on the 14th day of November in the year of our Lord 2021 at Mount Calvary Missionary Baptist Church, Dayton, Ohio. God bless you. And Miss Stephanie has a package there for you to help you and boss man remember this day. All right? Good. Church, let's thank God for this precious life. Revelation chapter 3. Uh, Mrs. Faison isn't here, is she? Nope. Uh, she and Brother Faison are probably watching us uh, online. Happy 44th anniversary to you both. We praise God for the both of you. Revelation chapter 3. Would you stand if you're able as we honor the reading of God's holy word? Reading today from the King James Version of the Holy Bible, starting at verse 14. And here's what it says. 
and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans write these things saith the amen the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God I know thy works that thou art neither hot neither cold nor hot I would thou wert cold or hot so then because thou art lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will spew thee out of my mouth because thou sayest I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire that thou mayest be rich and white raiment that thou, might, thou mayest be clothed and that the shame of thy nakedness do not appear and anoint thine eyes with eye salve that thou mayest see as many as I love I rebuke and chasten be zealous therefore and repent behold I stand at the door and knock if any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come in to him and will sup with him and he with me. To him that overcometh will I grant to sit with me in my throne even as I also overcame and am set down with, the fa with my father in his throne. He that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit saith unto the churches. Verses 14 through 22 of Revelation chapter 3. You may be seated. That's a heavy letter, huh? Yeah. For the past few months, we have been studying the letters that Jesus authored, written to the seven churches of Asia Minor. Remember, Jesus dictated these letters to the Apostle John who was to send them to the respective angels of the churches in order that the churches may either be made better or encouraged. And today we come to the church which was at Laodicea, a very wealthy city with a large Jewish population. Like the other cities we've seen, they were known for their worship of the emperor. But this city was also known for its temple to a supposed god of healing named, uh, I, I'm going to try not to mispronounce it, Asclepius. Also, there was a famous school of medicine there. Laodicea was a commercial center as well. They exported goods all over the known world. Three things in particular they exported. Uh, they well that they were known for in the commercial realm uh, for one they were a financial powerhouse I suppose they could be compared to a modern day Wall Street where one of their main businesses was money they were known for their financial wealth but they were also famous for producing textiles cloth in particular there was a shiny black cloth that they made out of wool uh, that they were known for and then they were also famous for an eye salve uh, that came out of Laodicea, a cream or ointment that was to be used on the eyes that was said to help people 
see better. They were thriving economically. And it is in this thriving, wealthy city that the church to which uh, this letter is addressed resides. Thank you. And apparently, like the city around it, the church is also wealthy. They are a church with some resources. They are a church that doesn't have to worry about money issues. They are a church which may look like they have it all together, but this church gets no commendation at all from Jesus. Jesus does not have anything good to say about this church other than the fact that he loves them enough to rebuke and chasten them. They are not faithful and patient like the Ephesian church. He doesn't tell them that even that they're rich even though they seem poor like the church at Smyrna. He doesn't praise them for staying faithful to his name like the church in Pergamos. He doesn't talk about their works, their charity, their service, and their patience like he does the church at Thyatira. Jesus doesn't present them with an open door as he does the Philadelphian church. No, like the Sardis church, he really has nothing good to say about them at all. As a matter of fact, based on what Jesus says to them in this letter, he doesn't even appear to be in that church. Can you imagine? A church without Jesus. Trying to worship without Jesus. Trying to serve without Jesus. Trying to make decisions without Jesus. Trying to evangelize but without Jesus. Trying to witness without Jesus. Trying to help the community but without Jesus. Trying to sing in the choir but without Jesus. Trying to visit the sick and shut in but doing it without Jesus. Trying to deek but without Jesus. Trying to usher without Jesus. Apparently, Jesus is not even present in the Laodicean church. I know I'm in the text because Jesus said it in verse 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. Jesus on the outside of Jesus' church standing at the door and knocking. If you'll allow me just a little while, I want to preach from this subject. Open the door. Would you say that with me, please? Open, open the door. Open the door. Now, going into today's study, let me, let me remind us that while these letters were written to specific churches in a specific time, the fact remains that each of these letters ends with a universal call, a universal call to attention. When Jesus says, he that hath an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. In other words, everybody who can hear this, pay attention. Not just the Laodicean church, but the American church. The church of 2021, the church at Dayton, the church at Mount Calvary, and finally, the church in me and you. Because we are the church of the living God. The, this word is not just for the large group of people known as the church, but this word is also for individuals in our own personal lives. Somebody say, open the door. Because there are some areas 
there are some spaces in our lives where we have the same issue as the Laodicean church where Jesus is on the outside looking in, knocking. And the word to all of us today is to open the door. Let's look at the text. First of all, in this letter, Jesus illuminates, number one, he illuminates the problem with the church. That's our first stopping point, the problem with the church and that problem is threefold there are three things here listed as the problem with the church uh, the first problem with the church is the problem of possession it is the problem of possession look at the way the King James Version starts this letter and unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans stop right there the first problem we encounter in this church is a problem of possession whose church is it I want you to notice this, please. No other letter, not one of the six other letters that we've looked at is introduced this way. The first one is to the church, to the angel of the church of Ephesus. The second one is unto the angel of the church in Smyrna. Then the third one, to the angel of the church in Pergamos. Uh, fourth one, to the angel of the church in Thyatira. The fifth one, unto the angel of the church in Sardis. The sixth one, to the angel of the church in Philadelphia. But only here do we see unto the angel of the church of the Laodiceans. Apparently, this church has lost sight of really whose church it is. This is the only church where Jesus addresses it to the church of the Laodiceans. God doesn't rule this church, the people do. As a matter of fact, the very word Laodicea means justice or rule of the people. But according to the word of God, the church does not belong to the people. I know I'm in the word. Christ said, Matthew 16, 18, you heard, we talked about it for two years. Upon this rock, I will build my church, his church. This is the Lord's church. It is meant to be a theocracy, not a democracy. He decides who's in it. He decides who leads it. He decides the vision. We are the church of God. That's why we can't afford to be exclusive, right? Because it's not our church. We don't get to decide who gets to come in the church because it's not our church. We don't get to resent new people because they don't look like us or, or act like us or think like us or dress like us or dance like us or listen to the same music because it's not our church it's the Lord's church right the pastor may be the leader but there's only one owner I've said it before it's not the pastor's church not the deacon's church it's the Lord's church it's neither the pulpit's church nor the pew's church it's the Lord's church and these Laodiceans apparently have lost sight of the fact that he owns it. I don't want to get ahead of myself this morning, but let me just tell you what makes it his. He paid for it. With his own life, he bought it. With his own blood. Je listen, this is how the hymnologists put it. Jesus paid it all. All to him I owe. Sin had left. A crimson stain. 
but he washed it white as snow. The first problem with the Laodiceans, Laodiceans is a problem of possession. They feel like this is our church. But there is another problem that the Lord points out here. Not only is there the problem of possession, but then there is also the problem of position. They are stuck in the middle of nothing. They are neither hot nor cold. They're just there. The second problem is the problem of indifference. They are what Jesus calls lukewarm. Lukewarm implies a mixture. In order to get something lukewarm, you have to have a mixture of hot and cold. Lukewarm implies compromise. They are what one commentator called too hot to be cold, but too cold to be hot. My brothers and sisters, I am afraid that the Laodicean church has done what many of us are guilty of, and that is trying to mix kingdom with worldliness. Trying to mix a little holiness with a little worldliness. Trying to mix a little spirituality with a little carnality. Trying to, oh, I don't mean to, I don't mean to cause no harm. Um, trying to be both different and accepted. Trying to be holy, set apart, and sexy and attractive. Trying to be friend with God and friend with the world. Trying to walk in lightness, in light, and walk in darkness. Trying to speak blessings and cursings out of the same mouth. Trying to operate in both faith and fear. Trying to please both God and man. <laughs> But the mixture of the two just makes us lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, and so useless. There's a purpose for hot water, purpose for cold water. Hot water heals, cold water refreshes. But Jesus says to this church, you're not doing either one. Hot water cleans, cold water fortifies. But this church ain't doing neither one. Hot water relieves nasal congestion. Cold water boosts your immune system. Lukewarm water does neither. Hot water relieves constipation. Cold water helps blood circulation. Lukewarm water does neither. Hot water warms you up if you're cold. Cold water cools you down if you're overheated. Lukewarm water does neither one. Hot water detoxifies. Cold water detoxifies. Lukewarm water does neither one you like that doc Did I? Thank you. all I'm trying to say is what Jesus says what he was saying what he was say, saying to this church is I wish that you were either one or the other but trying to be both makes me want to vomit I don't write this stuff Jesus said it he said I'm going to spew you out of my mouth church we either need to be on fire for him or quit pretending we need to either be sold out to him or move on out of the way we need to give it all to him or go on and do you 
I'm in the pulpit, I'm in public company, so I can't use, I can't tell you exactly the way my mama told me, but it's something, there's a saying that says do something or get off the pot. The famed theologian Charles Haddon Spurgeon said this, the world is always at peace with a lukewarm church. And such a church is always pleased with itself. <laughs> and that brings us to the third problem with this church. It's the problem of perception. Jesus says to them, you say, you say you're rich. You say you got a lot of stuff and that you don't need help from anybody. That's your perception of yourself. Perhaps that is what has lulled you into this lukewarmness. You say you've got it made. But Jesus says here to the Laodicean church in Winston translation, you are delusional. You are misguided. You are completely unaware that your perception is not the reality. He says, you say you're rich. You have a lot of stuff. You don't need anything from anybody. But I say, you're wretched. You're miserable. You're poor. You're blind. And you're naked. You're sick. People ought to pity you. You're destitute. Your shame is evident and you can't even see it. And saints, I just wonder in the church of today, in the Mount Calvary church, in the church that is in you and me, is our perception, is the way we see ourselves the way that Jesus sees us I mean Jesus tells this church you've got it all wrong he's, he's saying to them you couldn't be further from the truth but that's what happens when Jesus is on the outside of the church that's what happens when we shut the door on Jesus that's what happens when we become the captains of our own vessel. That's what happens when the church that he bought and paid for with his own blood feels like we don't need him anymore. That's what happens. Let me, uh, let me bring it closer to home. That's what happens when we feel like our own plans for our lives are better than the plans he has for us. It is what happens when we decide that we are not going to wait on God, instead put our own plans into action. It's what happens when we tell God, it's okay, I got this one. It's what happens when we shut him out of who we're dating and subsequently marry. It's what happens when we shut him out of our decision making. It's what happens when we shut him out of our finances, when we shut him out of our work life, when we shut him out of our parenting, when we close the door on him as if to say, thank you for coming, Jesus, but we'll take it from here. 
They can't see your mouth, but they can see it in your eyes. Would you look at somebody and tell them, open the door? You shut him out, you're asking for trouble. But can I tell you what I love about Jesus? He doesn't just offer the problem in this letter. He offers, secondly, the prescription. That's our last stopping point. I'll be done. Uh, number two, it is the prescription. And the reason he offers the prescription, check this out. It's in verse 19. It's because as many as I love, I rebuke and chasten. <laughs> I correct and discipline everybody that I love. Is there anybody in here who's grateful that God loves you enough to tell you what's wrong and how to correct it? To tell you what's broken and how to fix it? You know the concept. You know the concept. As a parent, it's the reason why my mama, why, why your mama, pardon me, popped your hand to keep you from burning yourself on the stove is love. It's the reason why your daddy wouldn't let you leave the house looking like that. It was love. Because love corrects and disciplines. I'll never forget it. Let me apologize. I apologize in advance, Nate. I know I promise not to use names. But I'll never forget, we were at Nate's old pediatrician's office. And he was getting his 12-year-old physical and checkup. And the doctor had all of these questions that she had to ask Nate. And she said, do you want your dad to step out of the room? And he said, no, ma'am, it's fine. And so she proceeded to ask him a series of questions, questions about his physical well-being, questions about his mental state, his mental well-being, questions about how things were going at school and how things were going at home. And she got to this question. She said, do your parents hit or spank you? And he answered in his polite manner, yes, ma'am. And she stopped. And she looked at me and she said, you spank him? I could feel the judgment rising up in her and said with some pride, yes, ma'am, when we feel it's necessary. And she said, you really shouldn't hit you should find some other way because people don't really spank their children anymore. She continued, she said, Nate, he is such a nice young man and he is so respectful and he really is a great kid. And I interrupted her. I said, yes, ma'am, that's because we spanked him. <laughs> she looked at me, she said, oh, okay, okay, you win. Listen, I'm not trying to tell you to spank your kids. All I'm trying to tell you is where there is love, there will be some kind of discipline. And the Bible says no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but it's painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. So Jesus gives the prescription. Here it is. Let me hurry through this. Number one, the first prescription. 
He says, look at me. Look to me. What you think is making you rich is really doing nothing for you. He says, get your gold from me so you can be rich for real. Buy white clothes from me so you can be clothed and not ashamed. Anoint your eyes with salve that I give you and you can see for real. Now, listen, Jesus is not selling stuff here. Right. He is not selling gold or clothes or eye cream. What he's saying is this, that whatever you need, the things you need, you can find in me. My grandma Mabel used to sing it like this, if you need it, the Lord God's got it. Deacon Joe Coons used to say it like this, everything I need I find in Jesus. He's food on your table. Oh, the Lord is able. He's a friend when there is no other. He sticks closer than a brother. Everything I need I find in the Lord. Saints, that's the first part of the prescription to recognize that the Lord is the source of whatever is missing. Whatever is lacking in us, we can truly find it only in Jesus Christ. But I would not to have you, I wouldn't have you ignorant, brothers and sisters. The imagery, the metaphor that Jesus uses here includes the word buy for a reason. Right? He said, You can buy gold from me, you can buy clothes from me, you can buy eye medicine from me, but he's not selling anything. The reason he uses the word buy here, it's because a total dependence on Jesus will cost you something. Oh, you can't buy it with money. You cannot buy this blessing. You can't purchase it with gold. You cannot give enough offerings to cover it, but it will cost you something. It costs us some pride. It will cost us some time. It will cost us some ego. It will cost us some supposed self-sufficiency. But really, who are we kidding? We got nothing to lose. That's the first part of the prescription. Look to him. Secondly, he says this. Be zealous and repent burn with zeal that is catch on fire and repent pursue me chase me strive after it hurry and repent don't take time trying to decide if it's worth it be zealous and repent repent that word is change your mind change your mind about you because the truth is you can't handle it on your own no offense to William Ernest Henley but can I tell you the truth? You are not the master of your fate. And you are not the captain of your soul. That position is already taken. So go ahead and change your mind. God is God all by himself. He's big enough to be God, strong enough to be God, wise enough to be God, smart enough to be God, tough enough to be God, powerful enough to be God, all-seeing enough to be God, masterful enough to be God all by himself. And the truth is, we belong to, to him. Our children belong to him. Our finances belong to him. Our future belongs to him. Whatever it is you're worried about, whatever it is you're having a hard time, giving up to the Lord repent 
change your mind it's his anyway and the truth is he'll do a much better job at handling it than you or I could don't shut him out look to him hurry up and repent and then the final prescription he gives is this simply open the door Jesus said behold that is look y'all know in most of our houses somewhere close to the door if not in the door there's a window you hear somebody knocking look out the window look out the people look it's me at the door I'm the master of the house open the door it kind of reminds me when I go grocery shopping and I bring groceries home and come to the door and knock on the door I'm not coming to the door empty handed it behooves the people that are on the inside of the door to open the door so that they can find out what the master of the house bought paid for brought home and if they will allow him cook it serve it all you got to do is sit down at the table and eat if somebody shout open the door anyone can if anybody hears me Jesus says open the door and I'll come I'll come in and we will sit down and we will eat together me with you and you with me now usually when we refer to this passage we act like Jesus is talking to sinners right like he's saying to this people who don't know him behold I stand at the door and knock like he's offering an invitation to unsaved folk with this to open the door but when Jesus presents this to John he tells John get this letter to the church because it's the church that shut me out my people saved sanctified Holy Ghost people that have shut me out of my church my people have me standing on the outside knocking to get in and I've got news for the church today we need to open the door and let Jesus back in we're going to go ahead and get out of here but let me just tell you the church needs to open the door to the one who owns the church the church needs to open the door to the one who bought the church the church needs to open the door who paid for the church on a hill called Calvary the church needs to open the door to the one who shed his blood to purchase the church he gave his own life to redeem the church the church needs to open the door to the one who died but behold he is alive forevermore if the church 
will open the door then maybe there wouldn't be so much trouble in the church if the church would open the door then maybe we might catch on fire and burn with the Holy Ghost if the church will open the door then just maybe sour folks would sweeten up just maybe gossiping folks would shut up just maybe crooked folks would straighten up just maybe slow folks would speed up dirty folks would get cleaned up stubborn folks would give up aggressive folks would back up lame folks would get up loose folks would tighten up drunk folks would sober up if the church would open the door and that's not just for the church as a whole but wouldn't you know it that's for you and for me and my advice is to open the door and let Jesus in let him into your emotions let him into your decisions let him into your marriage let him into your parenting let him into your work life let him into your finances let him into your habits let him into your mind and into your heart the Bible says he is the amen the Bible says he is the true and faithful witness the Bible says he is the origin of creation the beginning of all things in other words he's everything that you need if you just let him in can I borrow from the old preachers they used to say he's everything he's the rose of Sharon he's the lily of the valley he's the bright and morning star he's everything he's Adam's redeemer he's Abraham's sacrifice he's Noah's ark he's Moses bush on fire he's Joshua's battle axe he's Samson's power he's David's song he's Ezekiel's wheel in the middle of a wheel he's everything he's Matthew's king he's Mark's suffering savior he's Luke's great physician he's John's word made flesh he's everything the only begotten of the father full of grace and truth the blessed and only potentate he's the alpha and the omega the beginning and the end all I'm trying to tell you is whatever you need Jesus is just open the door and let him in he's a mother to the motherless open the door he'll be a father to the fatherless open the door he'll be your closest friend open the door he'll be your refuge and your strength open the door he's a very present help in times of trouble open the door he's my sanity open the door 
he's my peace of mind open the door whatever you need I said whatever you need he's a healer today open that door and let him in he's a deliverer today open the door and let him in he's a heart fixer open the door and let him in he's a mind regulator open the door and let him in he'll be your strength he'll be your peace he'll be your guide open the door and let the Lord come in Jesus is knocking Jesus is knocking Jesus is knocking and he's knocking at his own house he's knocking at your door just open up he's got groceries in his hand just open up he's got blessings in his hand open up if you open the door he'll come in he'll fix it he bought it he'll prepare a table before you in the presence of your enemies and he'll sit down and sup with you and you with him you don't need another drink i'm trying to leave it alone you don't need another pill you don't need another man you don't need another woman what you need i said what you need why the last drink didn't work that's why the last pill didn't work that's why the last man didn't work that's why the last woman didn't work because that's not what you need what you need you will find it in Jesus Christ but here's the thing the thing I'm done we're going here's the thing Jesus who has the power to break the door down I mean he could get in he's Jesus matter of fact he wouldn't even have to break it down y'all remember when the disciples were hiding and they were scared And he just appeared on the other side of the door. He could do it without our cooperation. But for some reason, he wants us active in this. He wants us participating in this. And so he says, behold, I stand at the door and I knock. All you got to do is open the door. How, how do I do that, Reverend? How do I open the door? How do I open the door? The same way you opened your heart to whoever you opened your heart to. You make yourself vulnerable. You admit, I don't have all the answers. You admit, I don't know everything. You admit, I do need some outside help from somebody who's bigger, stronger, more powerful than I. That's how you do it. It's a heart thing. Lord, but, but pastor, I've been hurt. 
I opened up, I was vulnerable. And I've been hurt and I'm wounded. And I still feel it. May I tell you this? When we open up to people who are capable of hurting and wounding, we'll probably be hurt and wounded. It's part of life. But can I tell you something about Jesus the Christ? I guarantee he's not coming into your heart to hurt or to wound you. I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans to give you a hope and a future, not to harm you. That's the thing you can trust in. I'm talking to church people. Don't shut him out. Oh well, I'm I'm done. If you're here, you're not sure you're saved. Let me tell you some really good news. God loves you so much that he gave his only begotten son, his unique, one-of-a-kind son, that's Jesus the Christ, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That is good news. And here's what the Bible says. Confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. Believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. That's real good news, y'all. If you are here today, you're not sure you're saved, you haven't been gone too long, you're not too dirty, you haven't gone too far. If you're breathing, you have an opportunity to get it right with God through Jesus Christ. And you can't get it right with God without Jesus Christ. Pastor, let me, let me clean some stuff up in my life and then I'll come. Well, listen, if you could clean yourself, you wouldn't need a Savior. But thank God for the blood of Jesus Christ that cleanses from all sin if you're here you're not sure you're saved would you raise your hand somebody will come to you and tell you how you can be saved we'll walk you through it and tell you how you can start this new life in Christ if you're watching online if you're on Facebook you're on uh, YouTube you're on the website listen if you're not sure you're saved you can be saved today. Everything I just said to the people in here applies to you. Would you send us a message? Put it in the chat. Uh, send us a direct message, something, just to say, I want to give my life to Christ. I'm ready to be saved today. Somebody will contact you this afternoon, and we'll walk you through it, tell you what the Bible says, and you can know that you're saved and going to spend eternity with Jesus Christ. That's the first call. If you're, not, if you're not sure you're saved. Second call is this. You know you're saved already, but you know the Lord wants you to be a part of this part of his church. You, you know he wants you here in the Mount Calvary family. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Somebody will come to you. God bless you, ma'am. Uh, there's one back there. Is there anybody else? You know you're saved already. You know where you're going to spend eternity, but you know God wants you here in the Mount Calvary family. If that's you, would you raise your hand? Somebody will, uh, will come and, and minister to you, and we'll, we'll get you all taken care of. You need us. We need you. And we're going to treat you like the gift that you are. All right? God bless you. Good. If the Lord says the same when we come together next week, we'll start looking at, in all these letters, there has been a phrase at the end, to him that overcometh. 
and, uh, and there are some promises to him that overcomes and we'll start looking at those next week if the Lord says the same is there anything that we need to be aware of before we get ready to dismiss guess gotcha thank you there are more bottles in the back don't forget that with who are we partnering with thank you Elizabeth New Life Center uh, to help provide uh, items for uh, for new moms and uh, and their babies we're filling those bottles with coins with bills with whatever uh, and and then bringing them back we we got we took all the bottles last week Miss Lee brought us some more this week and we'll just keep on uh, blessing being a blessing all right yes sir brother Bruce what you got you fail oh your uncle is in the hospital okay and we'll pray for him all right yes sir we'll do certainly very well God God be with you all um, there will be a message on the screen here about giving if you are giving uh, in person while you're here the deacons are at the doors on your way out and uh, we are on our way to becoming a 100% tithing church we, uh, we trust God. We trust God. Uh, if you are giving online, you can do so through Givelify uh, on your phone. You can give through the Cash App or um, there's looks like there's one more that I'm forgetting. Text to give. Thank you. You can give by any of those methods or if you want, you can drive by, uh, drive through the parking lot. The deacons will be out there for the next hour or so, and you can place your offering in the deacon's glove-covered hands. If you would, after we have dismissed, make sure you follow the directions of the ushers and kingdom force on your way out the door. They will make sure that we get out safely. Please don't uh, hang around in the lobby area. Uh, we are still in a pandemic and we want to be mindful uh, that we do our best to keep everybody as safe as possible. If there is nothing further, let's stand and receive the benediction. Now unto him who is able to keep us from falling and to present us faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy. To the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and forever. Let all the saints agree together. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. The ushers will see you out.